everyone. It's good to see you guys today. Uh, I'm Jeep Underwood, and uh, I have most of my voice today. It seems like it seems like I'm just going to lose my voice every month or so. So, <clears throat> thankfully, two days ago, my family was really enjoying it because I couldn't make any sounds hardly at all. So, but today, I feel like I have about 80 percent of my voice. So I think we can make this make this happen. Uh, today, the 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 title of our, our our message today is the journey, and when I when I think of a journey, I think of I think of my family driving across country in our in our minivan or in when we rented. Uh, we do that. There's three times we've gone across the whole country. A couple times, one time we went up to Yellowstone. We hit all the national parks kind of on the way, and those destinations were were a lot of fun. But really, it was the it was the ride and the journey that that just really made a real difference for us. I mean, a lot of our memories, all of our memories are really tied, a lot of them, to the, to the journey. You know, we had a lot of great conversations. Uh, we had to clear up relationships. It was like we had to, uh, I had a friend at work, I think I've shared this before, but when he found out we went across the whole country in a minivan, he says, with your family? <laughs> went, yeah, yeah, with my family. And, uh, you know, we just had just, just lots of memories and lessons learned and, I remember one time we pulled into this restaurant and, and everyone ordered something. You don't know what things mean on the menu. We all got, you know, I, I, I ordered the miniature omelet. I didn't realize that, but, uh, I ordered an omelet. Everything came small except for Patrick. He was like 11 at the time. He ordered those medallions and biscuits or something and the plate came in. When she sent it down, we're all like, whoa. I mean, I, I was having a visual reaction, just whoa. And Patrick, it was funny because he looked around and he goes, Where's the biscuits? <laughs> I didn't even notice that the biscuits weren't there because it was so huge. So that's kind of a phrase for our family now. <laughs> kind of, we go to somewhere like, "Where's the biscuits?" You know, it's just, it's just, it's just one of our phrases. But anyway, the journey, the journey is really where everything happens. Um, you know, our tendency is we we really want to we dream and think of where we want to be in life. We think of where we want to wind up, where our kids, where we want them to wind up where we want our careers to wind up and it's easy to quit to not really pay attention to the fact that it's really our daily journey through life that really gets us there. And we can feel really just disconnected like this is where I want to go, but I just have to live today and I don't know if I'll ever get there and don't really realize how connected it is, <clears throat> but it's really our journey through life as we daily make decisions and how we're going to conduct our lives that really determine where we wind up. Uh, and that's really where our lives are actually lived, is in the journey. And, you know, one thing a wise person really understands is that all of life is connected. And that what you do today, what you do decide today, and what you think about today really influence who you are tomorrow. And uh, and so what happens in Vegas actually doesn't stay in Vegas. You know, uh, the choices that we make today really lead to outcomes tomorrow. And then... Another thing a wise person understands is that God is sovereignly acting and orchestrating our lives. He really cares about us, and he's actually orchestrating our lives. And the amazing truth is that he strongly desires to really help us, and he's really trying to get our attention so that we would really have the kind of life that he wants us to live. In fact, let's look at what he said to Israel. After Israel had ignored him for uh, several, for many, many years, God says this, he says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way which you should go. 
If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. I love this passage because it really just shows God's heart and how he wants things to really turn out well for us. And he really wants to lead us in the right path in the journey. And the result is this sense of well-being. He said, if we'll pay attention, then we'll really have a sense of well-being. And so what what is well-being? Well-being is really that sense that you're on a good path in life and that things are going to ultimately go well with you. You know, well-being is that sense that you're really on a good path in life and that things ultimately will go well with you. And this morning, I want to, I just want to spend a little bit of time with a character from the scriptures, a person from the scriptures that uh, he, he really got this. He really got this. Uh, and we're going to look at just King David. We'll look at David for just a little bit this morning. Uh, I have been reading through Psalms lately, and I, I kind of been parking on Psalm 18. It just, it's just really been something I've finished some time with because it's, it's a Psalm that David wrote, and it's kind of in the middle of his life. And he's looking back and he's looking forward and it just, it just really intrigues me and I could really resonate with some of the things he was saying. And I want to start with, it has like the, one of the longest titles of any psalm. In fact, it should be up on the screen here next. Uh, a psalm of David, are we not, I didn't realize we didn't have anything on the screen. Oh, all right. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> uh, so, uh, it is a, you guys go back to the, there, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And so he, he wrote this about the time that he became king. And he's looking back at the journey he's been on. And his journey was nothing like he expected. You know, he, he, uh, he, he, he started off as a shepherd, you know, he'd grown up in his dad's house, became a shepherd. He, he learned how to handle livestock and he learned how to protect them from predators. Several things he learned there. And then a really important person comes and hangs out and he says, he anoints him the next king of Israel. I'm like, whoa, 17 plus years old. And you're thinking the next king of Israel. And then the next thing that happens with him is he raises, he gets raised to sudden notoriety because of what happens with Goliath and the way he handled Goliath. And then Saul, King Saul takes him, he puts him in charge of some military things, and he just has this huge success. And his trajectory looks like, yeah, he is going to be the next king of Israel. And Saul saw that too, and he got really ticked off. And so he began to pursue David. He tried to kill him. And for about 10 plus years, he pursued David. And David went through a tremendous amount of hardship. And uh, and uh, he also, a lot of time of learning how to lead groups of people. He just spent a lot of time going on in his journey. And then God took Saul out of the way and David became king. Now, as David looked back, as David looked back on that, um, he looks back on his journey and the accomplishments and God's involvement in his life. He, he said this. Uh, this, is one of the things, this is one of the things he said in Psalm 18, 18 through 19. It says, They confronted me in the day of my calamity. And the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. You know, as he looked back, 
he, he just said, you know, as the enemies pursued me and as Saul pursued me, <clears throat> his experience was that God was continually rescuing him and bringing him into a broad, safe place. And then he says, he rescued me because he delighted in me. Now, it wasn't a disinterested benevolence towards him, but God delighted in him. In fact, that's the amazing thing about God is he delights in his kids. He delights in us. And that's one truth this morning is that God delights in us. In fact, in Micah seven eighteen, it just says he delights in unchanging love. That's just what he's like. And then as David reflects back on that, he turns and looks at the future journey ahead of him. And he says, this is one of the things he says in Psalm eighteen thirty four. He said, talking about God, he said, he trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand upholds me and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me and my foot and my feet have not slipped. One thing David, as he looks, he realized as he looks in the future, he realized that all the hardship that God had brought him through was preparing him and training him for what's next in his life. All those things he went through, those were the kinds of things he needed to know and learn and be competent in to really lead a nation. He was training him for what's next, and he knew that he wasn't alone. As he stepped into the future, that God was going to be continually helping him as he walked into the future. And then he saw, he says he saw God's gentle hand making him great. God gently just began growing and continued to grow his competence over time. Uh, so that when uh, there was a point where people began to look at David and go, wow, wow. And in fact, I think in a Psalm, the psalmist in Psalm 71, seven really captures this. He says, for I have become a marvel to many for you are my strong refuge. You know, it's just as David, he says, you know, I have just run to you and you have taken care of me. You've grown me. And now people around me think that there's actually something that I have to offer. And that, and that was the truth. So when David looked to the future, he looked with expectation and confidence because of how close he walked with God. And he, he felt like he was prepared for the next step and that God was going to meet him right there with it. <clears throat> so you can see why I really, I really like Psalm 18. Um, so the question this morning that I want to spend some time with <clears throat> is just how do we grow in our walks with God so that we can have a journey like David? How can we grow in our walks with God so that we can have a journey like David? I just want, I want to look at two things this morning, uh, that really, that really facilitate that growth. In fact, there's just two essentials that you really have to have to really grow on your journey and the first one is just that you have personal encounters with the Word of God. Personal encounters with the Word of God. And the second one is that you have deep relationships with other people that are following God. Deep relationships with other people that are following God. So we'll start with just a personal encounter with God's Word. The emphasis is on personal. Is that God really desires to have just a personal relationship with us a daily personal relationship where he can really help us. He really desires that we have a real deep two-way com- communication, two-way conversations where he can really speak into our lives, where we can really listen to him 
and really get the help and the input that he really desires for us. And so this morning, what I'd like to look at is something that God said to Israel in Isaiah 55. It's kind of an open-ended thing, but I'd like you just, this is what God said to them. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money on what is not bread and your wages on what does not satisfy? And then going on to the next, he says, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. You know, it's really a call to the thirsty. You know, you've got to come to the place where you realize, I need God and I need help. And when you when you do that, he says, come to me. And what you're going to find is a table set, a table set with the things that you need to know, a table set with the satisfaction in life that you're looking for. And it's really an invitation to come to God for that satisfying relationship. And that relationship is really characterized by just listening to God that we may really live. And it's really, there's an abundance there. He paints a picture of like, it's like a full table. It doesn't cost anything. You can freely come and really enjoy him and really enjoy the help that he desires to give you. And uh, that's really how he, he wants to relate to us the way he related to David. And that's how you enter in, is coming to him at the table. Now, I, I heard uh, I heard a talk several years ago by a gentleman named uh, Louis Giglio. And he gave an illustration that I want to share with you guys today. Um, he came to a he came uh, to a town to 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 uh, for a speaking engagement, and he was staying with a couple that he knew. And he said that he he came in, he talked with them, and he had to go up and get ready because he had to go speak very soon. And their little boy, they had a little boy, and he, he was talking to Louis, and they started talking about baseball, and and then he said. They start talking about his baseball card collection. He goes, oh, man, I want to show you my baseball card collection. It's really neat. And Louis, and Louis just told him, yeah, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to see that sometime. And so he goes upstairs. He gets all ready to speak. And it's time for him to go. And he jumps jetting down the stairs. He said he's, all, he's heading right to the front door. And he, he looks over and he saw, he just saw in the, in the living room, this little boy had sat down. He was sitting at the coffee table, and he laid out all of his baseball card collection. And he was just sitting there, waiting for Louie to come down the stairs so he could show him. And and Louis, he, he just said that he was he was needing to go, and he went over there, and he, he looked at it. He goes, oh, this is neat. Oh, this is, oh, I like this. And and he walked out, and as he left, he said he said that he felt that God just just spoke to him in that moment and said, Louie, that's how I feel with you sometimes. I feel like, I feel like I've, I've got things I want to share with you, things that are really going to be helpful. I want to help you with things. And I'm at the table and you're just too busy. You're too rushed and you're running around. And when, when he said that, that just resonated with me. Just to know, uh, just from looking at Isaiah 55, that that's really the way God is. He really is seated at the table. If you can imagine, there's a table, there's two chairs on 
one on each side. He's sitting in one. He's pulled the chair out and he's offered you an invitation. Hey, we, anytime you'd like, just come sit down. I'd like to talk to you. And that's what he really desires for us. But our tendency, our tendency is like, you know, God, I've got a lot of responsibilities at work right now. I guess got a lot going on. I, I just, I just don't know if I have the time. And then, well, you know, God, I've got a lot of responsibilities with my family. I, trying to figure out how things are going to work. And so I just I just don't have time. Or you might be thinking, our tendency would be, you know, God, with the challenges that I'm facing, I just don't have the time to really connect with you. And you know, I've been there and I really, and I really understand that feeling. I've really been there. But it's actually those challenges. It's those challenges are exactly what God wants to speak into. Those challenges are exactly what God wants to speak into. He wants, he wants the two of us or the two of you to go into life together and handle these things together, like David said, where as you walk forward, he enlarges your steps under you as you step into the future, as he takes care of you and gives you input on how to live your life. And he has specific things that he really wants to speak to you. And there's things that have real help and real perspective. And his invitation is always there. And, you know, what God, when we, when we actually take him up on that offer and we sit at the table and we spend time with him, he gives us input that dramatically impacts our lives. But it only impacts our lives if we put it into practice. If we follow through with what he says, it makes it, it makes a huge difference. And let's say, let's say you're facing, uh, Let's say you're at work and uh, someone has really asked you to cut some corners in something you're doing. And you're not really sure what you think about that. And in your in your quiet time, you uh, you happen to be reading in Proverbs chapter 11. Or maybe in your community group, you're looking at Proverbs chapter 11 that week. And then you come up to verse 3 in Proverbs chapter 11. And that verse, you go ahead and pop it up. On the screen. It says, the integrity of the upright, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. And you begin to just think about that and you spend time with God and you're, you're kind of just meditating, stewing on that and you realize, you know, if I were to, if I cut these corners, it's going to come back and it's going to bite me somewhere. You might even be able to tell where. And you just think, you know what? What I need to do is I need to hold fast with my integrity and decide not to cut the corners here. And even if people don't care for me because I do that, that's what I need to do. And as you do that, what happens is you, is it changes your whole reputation as you go forward. You know, there's, there's so many things that happen out of that decision where you become known as someone who will cut corners if you need to, or you come to, or you could become known as someone who will do the right thing no matter what. And that's, those kind of, the reputation of doing the right thing is something that actually moves you up in your company. And just by spending time with God and getting that direction, it changed how things turned out. So, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of the folks that, uh, got their kids into, uh, USC by giving them a little bit of money wish they could go back and change what they did. Integrity, what I found is that if you walk with your integrity, if you, it clears up a lot of my decision-making. Like, well, should I do that? Well, can I do it with integrity? Okay, I shouldn't do that. It's just, it's one of those, this this verse 
it like clears up about 60 to 70% of my decisions. You're like, well, hey, well, should I do? no, no, it'd be wrong. Okay, well, then I, I shouldn't do that. And there's something when you begin to follow through with what God says to do. Uh, Jesus said in uh, John 14, 21, he just said, uh, um, I'm blanking on the verse now. Uh, uh, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will disclose myself to him. Is there's a cyclical nature where as you begin to obey God and you, you out of a love for him, he begins to reveal himself more and more to you and you begin to know him more and more. And then as you get to know him more and more, he helps you know more about how you should conduct your life. And it just continues on and you begin to have a much more satisfying relationship with God. So personal uh, encounters with God's word is absolutely essential. Uh, the, The second thing that really helps us grow along our journey is just deep relationships with other people that are following God. You know, our our close friends have a direct impact on our lives. Our close friends have a direct impact on our lives. You know, when I was in fifth grade, <clears throat> many of you may not know this, but I actually was in a musical. <laughs> Just imagine for a moment. <laughs> uh, I was, it was a, uh, a musical based on Tom Sawyer, and we, we practiced this thing all through the year. We only performed it three times at the end of the year. And I actually sang and danced. I mean... Yeah, people are like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, people cut you a lot of slack when you're in fifth grade. I'll just say that. But but I, I played uh, one of Tom Sawyer's friends. And it was just a great experience. I loved that, being in that play. There's even some video footage that I'll never let any of you see. Um, <clears throat> but that was fun. But one thing that happened that night that I didn't even know about till later is that my dad, my mom and dad, they came to watch the show. But my dad saw some things around the school that I went to. And he just made a decision, you know what? Uh, I don't want these things influencing my kids. And he decided to move us to a different school. I just knew that we moved to a different school the next year. I didn't realize it was that night. Now, I think a lot of parents, uh, maybe you've moved your kids to different schools for different reasons. I think there's something that we just intuitively know. And that is that our friends influence the quality and the direction of our lives. Our friends just, they influence the quality and the direction of our lives. And we just kind of intuitively know that. And the thing is, is that we're, as we're, as we're connecting to people and determining like who our friends are, we all really have this desire to be accepted. And we gravitate towards people who accept us. And then one thing that's true is that when you're with people who accept you, when you're with people that accept you, you drop your guard and you allow yourself to be influenced by them. Now, that's one thing that makes friendship really great. But it's also something that makes friendship kind of potentially dangerous if you get around folks that are taking you the wrong direction. And the scripture really captures the reality of this. In fact, Solomon, Solomon in Proverbs captured this principle in Proverbs 13.20. He said this, he said, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, the first part of that's a promise. You know, he's saying, you know, wisdom is contagious. If you get around people that are wise, 
you begin to be wise. And then there's a warning. The warning is, you know, it doesn't explicitly say that a companion of fools will become a fool, although that could happen. What it says is the companion of fools will be negatively impacted, harmed by the behavior of the fool. They'll be harmed by them. <clears throat> Tell you another quick story. When I was uh, in high school, probably 16, 17 years old, you know, I grew up in Northern California up in the high Sierras. We actually had snow. And uh, we had uh, one day after school, several of my friends and I were down at the lower parking lot of our of our campus and we're just throwing snowballs at each other and causing all kinds of trouble and having fun. And then uh, one of the guys makes this really big snowball, and we're like, oh, who's he going to hit? And then he turns around and he hurls it off the cliff to the road that went below us. So there's this road that was like the main road in town, small town, but it was a two-lane road. And this, and I remember as he threw it, I went, oh, man, is that a good idea? And it goes down and it hit right in front of this car. It just kind of splattered and the car went by and it was okay. And while I'm still kind of processing, should, and everyone, other guys started grabbing snowballs and throwing little snowballs down the road. And I'm like, I remember my mind just thinking, I don't think that's a good idea. And then immediately the first guy again grabbed another big thing. Huck just chucks it out there. And I remember watching it land right in front of a police officer's car. <laughs> and I remember it hit and I went, I remember I was just, I was so mesmerized, like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not good. He almost hit him, and and I watched, I just watched as the police officer drove past, and they turned up the hill, and they turned into the parking lot where I was at, and I was thinking, oh, man, this is going to get, man, we're going to get in trouble. And then I turned around, and there was nobody with me. <laughs> and uh, we didn't get in trouble at all. I did. And uh, he wasn't really interested in listening. I just learned about the evils of throwing snowballs into the road. And uh, I promised I would never do that again. And uh, then he left, thankfully. But I just, for me, that's just, it's just, there's an illustration. If you get around people that are doing foolish things, you'll get pulled up in it. And you'll get, you, you'll, things will happen. You'll have some harm that happens to you. Now, that one was not. Too bad, although it was the first time I had a personal conversation with a police officer. I wish I could say that was my last. But, uh, you know, a wise person, a wise person knows that life is connected and that what you do and you think and you decide today really will influence who you are tomorrow. But a fool, a fool is a person who knows the difference between right and wrong and just doesn't care. Hmm. They know the difference between right and wrong, and they just don't care. And, you know, the thing about being the companion of fools is, you know, if they don't care about their lives, they're not going to care about yours. If if they don't care about their marriage, they're not going to care about yours. If they don't care about, if they're really careless with their finances, they're going to be really careless with yours. They're not going to be looking out for you. And that's another way that you can really be harmed. So we really want, we want our closest friends to genuinely accept us and truly care about us on our journey. And we want them to be wise, looking to God and his word for guidance. We want them to be followers of Jesus Christ so that as we follow God together, it pulls us all in the right direction. 
And we really need that. We really need that to be able to really grow. And that's why, <clears throat> excuse me, that's why our group life here at Church in the Valley is just so important to us is we really, we really want our groups to be places where you can cultivate friendships with people who are designed to just grow in wisdom. We're a place where you can have encounter, you can really have personal encounters with God's word and connect with people who really care about you on your journey. That's something we really desire around here. And I would just say that if you're in a group now, I'd really encourage you to lean in. Lean in and be real and open yourself to friendships with the people that are in that group. And if you're, you're not in a group right now and you'd like to know more about that and get more information on that, I just encourage you just to talk to me. And uh, I'll let you know a possible way you can maybe get connected. Um, today, <clears throat> just remember the two things that we need in our lives to grow, to have a journey in life like David's, is personal encounters with God's word and deep relationships with other people that are following God. And we really need both of those things active in our lives to really grow. So this morning, I'd really encourage you to, to look through your notes, to remember back to maybe something you heard this morning, and to really put into practice something that God has really shown you today. It really takes a step. You know, ask that God would give you one step to take today that would move you more towards the journey that he really wants you to take. And this morning, you know, as, as I wrap up, just before I ask the band to come back up, I'd like to just, I'd like to just, uh, bring you guys in a little bit just on more of my journey as I go forward. You know, there was a, back in, back in November, uh, I, I shared with the whole congregation that, that I was going to be stepping out as the pastor, um, uh, in the near future and that I wasn't going anywhere that uh, all I'm going to do is like, I'm going to move to a different leadership position to a different seat on the bus and uh, still going to be in leadership. And I just wanted to let you all know that over the next couple of weeks, I'll be transitioning out of the pastor's role here. But I'm still going to be heavily involved and totally connected to the leadership and leading the, and leading the church. It's a big part. I want to be a part of this group more than anything. And that's why I'm here. But I just want to let you guys know that. And while we're, uh, while we're continuing to search for the next pastor, I wanted to let you also go, you guys know that the church's board of directors and the staff are going to be handling the day-to-day responsibilities of the church. Like, and just so you know who the board, who the direct board of directors is, it is uh, John Rickert, Mark Lepsig, Jeremy Walker, and uh, Neil Walker, and myself. And so we, we as a team, and plus the staff, are going to be taking care of the day-to-day operations of the church. And there's more details to this. We're working through some details of this interim, this interim period. And we're going to be having a members meeting very soon to just sit down and just bring everybody up to speed on where we're at and, and, and to give you guys a status. So if you have any questions about that, you can talk to any one of us on the board of directors and, uh, and we can answer your questions for you. So with that, you know, it's been a, it's been a huge privilege and an honor to, uh, to lead this church. And I just look forward with anticipation of what God does with us in the future. And I want to be a part of that. So with that, I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And I'm going to uh, pray for us. And then if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, 
and you're thinking there's just something I was dying to put on there, go ahead and do that and we can drop it in the offering when it comes around. Dear God, Father, I just pray this morning that you help each one of us to get more and more connected into personal encounters with you and that you would get us more and more connected to each other and that we would walk with you together and make real progress in our journeys. In Jesus' name, amen.